Welcome to episode number 15 of The Student Manager. It's Michael Fong and we have special guest Laura Demko from Laura Demko Tutoring. What's up, Laura? I'm doing great. How are you, Michael? I'm doing great. We got to thank executive producer Murph Cargis. You know who Murph is, right? I do. You're a music fashionado that loves uh, music. Murph Cargis, executive producer, formerly of Sugar Ray, and he does, he makes all the magic happen here. Yes, in the 20s, I, or in my 20s, I was listening to him, so. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. It is October. Mm-hmm. By the time this podcast goes on, parents have gone through prep testing, continue to go in through prep testing. It's application time, so that's why I've been bringing aboard counselors, uh, test preparation uh, consultants like yourself, mm-hmm. and you're here in Orange County. You handle, I believe, OC, International, North yes. Orange County, everywhere. Tell me a little high level about uh, Laura Demko Tutoring. Yes, great. Okay, so um, I became an LLC in 2014, and I actually started doing test prep in 2007, um, and we we help students in the Orange County area. I have students in Hong Kong, Singapore, Northern California, um, Massachusetts, sprinkled throughout mm-hmm. New England, Arizona, all sorts of places. So is it strictly ACT and SAT or are there other courses that you help them with? Ah, good question. We, we stick with ACT and SAT and because of my math background. I was a high school math teacher for 13 years, which I loved doing. We also do the math too. And that's actually, that's my baby. I love that test. I mean, I love, I love all of them, but getting into a little more difficult math is fun. So yeah. Help my audience and followers understand. I have a lot of friends. They have kids going through high school now. When should they start prepping and looking into the SAT and ACT? Okay, that is a great question because I have had families come to me when their child was um, entering their freshman year and I have asked them to come on back in the summer before their child's junior year. And I think that's very important as the starting point, not to start too early. That's a good question. And kind of walk me through the process, walk my listeners through the process of when they enter uh, working with you. Yeah. Because I know my daughters did. And yeah. Julie and Sophia would say, oh, I'm with Laura. I have Laura. <laughs> so, and I knew they were working with you, but walk me through that process. What are they doing? And okay, how great. long, et cetera? Okay. So, so students will contact us, you know, sometimes around December prior to their, um, you know, uh, in their sophomore year. Okay. And they will select one of our tutors. And in the spring at some point, we will give them an ACT and an SAT diagnostic test. And that's really important um, because both of those tests are pretty different. And, um, you know, we have kids that are different kinds of thinkers and one will really excel in one test. you know, versus the other. And so taking that first step of seeing where the strength is, is key. And then we let time go on. And then in the summer we'll start, and then we will begin prep for their first test. Okay, so a student's taking the test, you think they're an ACT learner, 
I'm going to give a perfect testimonial. My daughter, Julia, mm-hmm. ACT, ACT, really wasn't any movement on the needle. When do you kind of determine, you know what, maybe we'll go the SAT route and stay away from the ACT? Okay, good question. So in some instances, kids will have a dead even starting score. Yes. And um, and it'll be tricky, but... Um, but I will throw it back to the student and I will say, okay, where was your preference? And sometimes the student won't have a preference. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, um, the ACT is the safer test to start with sometimes. And I can tell you why that's the case. Why? Um, Because the ACT is more of a straightforward test. And in both tests, you need some skill building. And you need the same skill building. You need to refine your critical thinking reading skills. Um, you need to sharpen your grammar skills. You need your math, you know, your algebra, your geometry. And you're going to do all of those in both tests. Well, you're learning all of that. But with the SAT, you have a more straightforward questioning style. The SAT is different. And so... Um, if we are not sure which test is going to be better, starting with the ACT is safer because you're not wasting any time. You're building skills and and then, you know, and then taking the test and making a good jump, actually. Um, I'm not going to give her stats. <laughs> right. But but yeah, she had her first test. She made a good jump. And, and then we went into the next test. And so sometimes in... Yeah. Should we go here? Yes. Yeah. And sometimes we'll go into the second test because I think it's good to take two tests during the junior year. And sometimes we'll see not a lot of movement. And when I see stagnation is when I will jump in and I'll say, hey, let's go check out the other test. And this happens both ways. Like this, sometimes I do have kids who will start with the SAT. The same exact thing will happen and they will jump to the ACT. Now, when they do the jump though, the fascinating thing I see is that when they check back in, say, in January mm-hmm. on that other test, they will invariably have made the same sort of jump in the test they didn't prep for as the test they did prep for. Right. So that's really important because students or families will be afraid of, you know, quote unquote, picking the wrong test and being stuck down a path that they've wasted all their time and money on. And I know that that's not the case in, yeah. Right, and she's referring personally to my daughter, (laughs) switching tests, and I think, and one thing I've always learned, and we've talked about this prior before you coming is, Every student has a different learning style Absolutely. and philosophy. Yes. And the advice I give to a lot of parents out there, my followers, are it doesn't matter of an ACT or an SAT. Right. Find one that you're comfortable with. And Absolutely. You, and it might take a, yeah. a, a, a while or a couple tests to feel the difference. So, you know what? Let's talk about that because do you think there's a magic number of how many times you should take the ACT or SAT? Well, and of course, depending on the kid, okay? So I I don't know, I've yet to see a student um, go beyond four tests in a positive way. And I don't mean um, that they can't grow or increase mm-hmm. anymore, but mentally they're done. And so sometimes I have, you know, erroneously had juniors come to me and say, well, wait a minute, Laura, 
can I just keep taking the test over and over? We can get rid of these scores. What's to stop me from doing that? And so I will say to them, because when you hit that fourth test, you're going to look at me and you're going to say, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't improve. And psychologically, it's, it's not good to take too many real tests because of that. Okay. So let's kind of talk about current news with the whole yes, new, new test-taking and the way colleges are looking at it, yeah. right? Where you can just focus on one specific topic. What's your take on that? Do you think there's going to be an impact? I have my own take, but I want to sure. hear your, your, your uh, initial reaction on this whole new testing. Um, and by the way, for those of you that are listening, the new testing is you can take time blocks of yeah. different subjects so like math right uh the english and by the way sophia texted me and she goes are you kidding me sophia <laughs> right, is my freshman it. at u-dub she said are you I kidding know. me i could have done this so what's your take well okay so so of course our students in orange county are going to benefit from this mm -hmm. i also think that students who don't have tutors will also benefit from that and i i can get to that if you'd like yes but as far as our kids go I think it's going to actually make their lives a little bit easier. I mean, you you and I know what we did when we were in school. And, you know, I was a scholar, an athlete, and I had free time. I didn't have the insane schedule that these kids have. And the kids who come to me, most of the students who come to me have college counselors. And so those kids, their, their schedules are absolutely packed to the hilt. They don't have free time. And so when a student now has to take a test again, guess what? They have to prep for all four subjects because you don't want to let one of the subjects slide, right. right? But in this new situation, you know, it will allow them to say, hey, I'm just going to practice math right now. And that's a time saver. It can also be a cost saver because... You know, if someone did well on the reading the first time, I can't ignore the reading score because I actually know that, you know, reading and science are roller coasters um, score-wise. The curve, or, you know, I don't want to go, go too much into that right now, but those numbers can change pretty dramatically. Mm -hmm. So even if they need help with math, I still need for them to practice their reading. So now they, you know, they don't have to spend as much time doing that or but time with me. Do you think the overachievers and the overbearing parents are going to now kind of make this an extracurricular activity where the student's going to try and, who gets a 33, 34, yeah. now they want that perfect score. That's my, I think, could potentially happen. Well, I, you know, I don't think we're going to change that pool anyway. I've, I've seen a bit of that population that you're speaking of. Um, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, well, no, and that you know that's Mike really sane, and 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 I will tell you something. I have, I don't say this to a student, but I'll I'll pull a parent aside and say, you know, we really can be done right now. Mm -hmm. I've said that many. I, I like to say that to a parent instead of to a kid, um, and let the parent process that. But um, Laura, you didn't say that to me. <laughs> Just <kidding>. well, <laughs> I. I did. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> to your lovely wife, who, who I already told you I, I adore. But but that's a... Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think that that population is, 
I, I don't think it's going to change. And in fact, those kids who have their parents who are making them continue, yeah. I guess now they will only have to focus on this one subject. The other thing, once once kids hit a 34, I will advise them they don't need to test anymore. I and, agree. Oh, yeah. And our, and our counselors will say the same thing. Once you've hit a 34, go focus on something else. You You've checked off the box of test prep. I, I don't have any data of that 35 beating that 34. I mean, I have I have a girl at Stanford with a 34, right. you know, and. You talked about parents. What do you see? Do you, cause I know what I see. Do you think parents put, are putting too much pressure on their kids today with testing and all their GPAs? And, and we'll get into a, a second question. I have a follow-up from that. Yes, I mean, I also know that I have a very skewed population. You know, I, I mean, I have a group of kids who can afford this, um, you know, this tutoring. And so, you know, on the one hand, you know, these parents have the ability to help their child in every way they can. And, you know, on, on the one side of things, they're they're giving them the opportunity mm -hmm. that, that they have. And yes, I'm going to say there is too much pressure on kids nowadays. There really is. I, I see my kids walk into my office and more than half of them really looked look stressed. And I talk to them about that. I, I will temper their assignments. Um, I will talk to them about burnout. I will talk to their parents about burnout. Um, and I will definitely gauge their homework and their plan according to where they are. Um, and how they're feeling. So what advice can you give parents right now that are listening, that are putting, should we say, pressure and, and the stress on, on their current students? Because you see it. So what, what would you tell the parents? I don't know. I, I'd be careful. I, I really would. I, I worry about kids nowadays. I worry about, I mean, you've, you've seen the news. Kids are really reacting strongly to pressure. Um, I'm seeing it happen in a way that didn't happen when I was in school. You're right. It didn't, honestly, because, you know, I was a high achieving kid and I, I don't remember the things that are going on now with, with kids. So parents, what she's saying is just relax. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay, right? Yeah. And, and also, you know, it, it, this is really funny coming from me, but they don't have to go to Cal or UCLA to have you know, a perfectly successful life. And Agree with you 100%. Yeah, they really, they really don't. Those are what we call, yeah. and, and if you've heard some other podcasts, we call those the sweatshirt brands. Sure. Right? Especially people in this area. Yeah. And you know, the, the, you have, we had Jerry Frazier on, and we talked about yes. all the phenomenal colleges and institutions out there that people don't know about. And we're yeah. trying to promote that a little bit more. I love that. There are some great schools around. Absolutely. There. No, and, and, and I see the benefit. I mean, goodness. You know, when I get so busy with work, I want to drop out of work and go go to Cal right now. <laughs> you know, like wouldn't that be fun to get to go back and try college again? I, I want to go back to college as, a, as an adult. Don't <laughs> <Right>? you, Murph? <laughs> Thumbs up. Thumbs okay. up. <laughs> we got it. But um, you know, and I see the benefit. I mean, those are those are premier institutions, and they're cost effective. So I, I'd want to shoot for that as well. But I've seen the stats change since I've started test prep. Back in 2007, you could hit a 30 on the ACT and pretty much be assured of getting into UCLA or Cal. 
Can't do that today. Oh, very different number now. Cannot do that today. Yeah. That's why they're, it's so competitive Yeah. today. And I think, do you agree or disagree? And I, and I talked to a lot of parents about this and students, and I said, yeah, okay, so the institution, let's just say an average, you might have some stories to share, but let's say the institution is an average of 29 to 32, okay. right? And I say, you can't base it strictly off of your ACT or your SAT or your GPA because institutions look at the- The whole picture. Holistically. Yes. And I've been focusing and really pinpointing essays. Essays, how do you separate yourself? Yeah. Are you like the average, let's just face it, are you like the average vanilla Newport Beach, Orange County kid, mm -hmm. right? Everybody has a 4.0, everybody has a 31. So what are you gonna do to separate yourself? So what do you see and do you have stats or your kids that you know that maybe did not test in that average that are going to institutions because of different things. Yeah, and I actually, I went look, I'm a little data freak, and okay. so I have a collection of all this. But um, I actually did a search on, you know, who got into a UCLA or a Cal um, or, or other schools that I knew kids were heading towards with lower stats. And honestly, I found one or two mm -hmm. in, in my pool. Um, you know, and, and that's, again, you're talking to someone we have families who will keep testing and they hit their goals right a lot um and so i think uh this student now this was i think she's a junior okay and she got a 30 on the act and her but her super score was a 32 but 30 was the you know the individual highest score she got and so but that was three years ago so that would be an outlier um but i don't i honestly don't have many i bet there really are but we're a test prep company absolutely so, okay so let's kind of let's look at our audience that aren't from here sure. right that can't afford it yeah that don't have the resources help those parents as well as students what can they be doing what is out there for them okay perfect so well, my first piece of advice is for parents with younger kids. So you can save a whole lot of money <laughs> if when your kids are older, first of all, try to foster a love of reading. You know, how do you do that? Um, let your kid read what he or she wants to read. Hmm. Model reading. Do you know, instead of having video television on all the time, read. Um, Getting your kid to read, oh my goodness, you will save so much in tutoring costs. So when is it too late? Because I'm looking and thinking about my jo <laughs> son, Joshua, who's an eighth grader. Who oh no, go for it. Absolutely. But modeling is really good and we're all really busy. I love to read, but do you know what I do? You know, late at night instead of reading, I'm, I'm prepping tests for, right. my, for my tutors, you know. I read SAT and ACT articles, which are quite interesting, but you know, a lot of us, when's the last time you sat and you had a book open in front of you, right? It's been a while. Right, and so they don't necessarily either. Okay, so the other thing though is with math. Make sure you intervene if there are any math deficits. Those are the two strongest things you can do because these tests test on reading, grammar, and math basically. Well, guess what I've seen? If kids read a lot, 
then they're seeing grammar rules and they tend to have stronger grammar rules when they're readers. So, you know, if you see your child's algebra skills are weaking, uh, sorry, are dropping, Yes. get a tutor. A math tutor is so much less expensive than we are, you know, and- Good advice. Absolutely. And it's what I'm hearing, it's not, it's never too late. Absolutely. Okay, so now, but what about now? So now you have a 10th grader and yes. maybe, the, you know, maybe you can't afford test prep. Well, Khan Academy is amazing. I mean, wow, what a resource. You have, you know, you have SAT help because I think College Board swooped him up, wisely so. Um, you also have math videos. So nowadays, you know, you can be doing a lesson on the zero product property, you type it into Google and you get a video. So topics in math that they might see on the SAT or the ACT, you can use the internet as a resource to, for, for a motivated kid who is self-directed, you can do that. Um, also, you can buy particular, you know, teaching materials. What I like is if you're doing the ACT or the SAT, buy books that have real tests from the test makers, but then also buy a book from a company who's trying to beat the test maker, okay. right? Good advice. Okay, both of those are really important because the real tests are gonna ground you and let you get to know the brain of the test. I could go on about the little nuances that College Board uses with SAT reading, for example. So you need to know the way they write and structure tests. But then when you go pick up, I don't know, a Princeton Review SAT book, and you're going through this yourself, and you're using the solution manual, they're gonna show you how to beat the test. And you need that. Right. Because good test prep is a combination of skill building and strategy. And you have to, if you're going to choose a prep company, you should know that they're both, you're going to get both. So let's talk about that yeah. prep company. What should we look for? What Ooh. should parents look for? Sure. What should they stay away from? Okay, great, good question. Um, first of all, find out if the company um, likes tutoring in both the SAT and the ACT. Mm -hmm. I have known of companies that really focus on one test, and I feel that that's dangerous because if they do that, they might have a weakness in the other test. And, you know, so let's say you have a company here who focuses on the ACT. Well, what about that think outside the box kid who is really gonna soar at the SAT? Or that kid is strong, strong in math and maybe a slower reader, that's an SAT kid. That student won't even know that he or she is in the wrong place. So make sure that they specialize in both tests. It's also nice to have someone at the helm who is going to look at both of those scores and discuss them with you and make sure that they talk to your child and get a little glimpse of what kind of a thinker they are mm -hmm. so that they're at least in the right place or if they start to change paths, someone can catch that and make sure they're going in the right direction. That's a biggie. So I'm gonna just jump real quick. What's your take on the whole Varsity Blues. Um, the Rick Singer, should I be more specific? Oh yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry, Rick Singer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it's, I'm not surprised. You know, I mean, when I was in college, you know, there were gymnasiums named after students who I knew the students 
And sorry, now I'm kind of calling someone out right now. But, you know, you knew they wouldn't have gotten into school necessarily. Right. Without. It's been going on. It's been going on. It's just a matter of was it the back door? Was it the side door? But it was a door. Right. And well, so this was just not even a door. Yeah, this is it, it's bad. It's um, now obviously I don't meet those people, right? Because my my kids work really hard. If if my kids were going to go that avenue, they wouldn't even be putting in the blood, sweat, and tears that they do with me with with test prep. So I don't meet those families, to be honest with you. But I'm I'm really not surprised about it. It's hmm. disappointing, but it's not surprising. Former math teacher. Yes. You love the math too. Kind of walk my audience and talk to me about the math too and how that kind of leads into with the other testing. Sure. So a few years ago, there was you know big news that subject tests were no longer going to be required. And um, you know here we are several year, years later and, and schools are still um, either requiring, recommending, considering these tests. They're three categories. And so, you know, all schools will appreciate that if you have a strength in a subject area, math for, uh, you know, for what we tutor, then of course, send it along and you can show your strength um, and that you have that, you know, extra enthusiasm to take this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, math, math two goes up through pre-calculus and is a pretty tough test. Now we've talked about this before, you know, we put our kids in a situation where they're testing, prepping, but the parents got to embrace this, correct? Even before uh, this whole transition and, and what they're about to commit and get into. Would you agree? Uh, what parents, do you mean by embracing? Uh, support and be on board with the prep testing. Oh, yeah. No, and, and all of my parents are on board. In fact, it's it's when the students aren't necessarily on board that we have the problem sometimes. And one thing I will, I will interview my families Mm -hmm. and I will make sure that the child really wants this because if the student doesn't want it, I I do recommend it's a lot of money and it's a lot of time. And, you know, I don't recommend doing it. Laura, that's almost the same advice I give when we talk about colleges, right? The students, I go, where, the parents will say, oh, they want to go there. I go, do you want them to go there yeah. or do they want to go right. there? I mean, what do, you, what do you see with students? I mean, you're doing the prep testing, right? But you probably see the other side of it too, of the almost the counseling part of where they want to go to school. They're getting pressure from their peers yeah. or their parents. I mean, just let them be. At the end of the day, they're going to be fine. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. So... Yeah, and and of course, as in many things, there's always a balance to things, right? It's usually, it's not black or white, but gray is usually the correct answer. You know, just kids will often not um, walk in with a assured, I want to go to this school. They sometimes really don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes, you know, the parents come in and and realize that, you know, their their child doesn't know that yet. So let's help them to give them options until they do make that decision. I'm not sure if that answered your question. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the future. Do you, do yeah. you see, how do you see colleges looking at ACT and yeah. SAT? And where do you see, where do you see this going? Yeah, I mean, testing is definitely getting a bad rap right now. And, and for 
you know, for many good reasons. However, I, I just look at if we took tests away, you know, how, how are the colleges going to distinguish between the A in this person's classroom and the A in the other? Unless it's an AP course, of course, right? And you're, right. And, and I don't have an answer for that. And, and I've been in many, well, three different school systems, and I've seen teachers give out A's and B's, not necessarily deservedly so. So I see that we need, you know, we have a need for a reform, but to take out testing altogether, I don't see how Cal can get all of these applicants in and really mm-hmm. truly know who they have without being able to look at that number. And of course, that's not the only thing they're looking at, but what if they didn't have it? How would they know? Right. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a tough question. You see a lot of students. Yes. Right? Test scores, they may have the great GPA, the great test score. Yes. But are they ready to go to college? Hmm, well, that's a good question. I would love to see kids take a year off after high school before they go to college. I think that would be wonderful for them. Um, I, I think they would excel in college. Um, yeah, I mean, my kids do well in college. Oftentimes they get there and they get into good, some good schools. And they'll often come back and tell me, oh my goodness, it was easier than my junior year in high school. Sophia, yeah, my daughter is yeah. stating that, you know, because OSHA's the rigor in the right. hard 8 a.m. Right. to 5 p.m. She's having, the, I talked to her, she's yeah, like, oh, this I'm is sleeping easy. in until 10 o'clock, I'm yeah. going to class. I'm like, well, you remember, you know you're there to study. <laughs> she's having a lot of fun there. But I, I go back to that question because I've been reading a lot of articles. Okay. Right? And schools should really consider, and parents should consider, rather than getting 100 points higher or one point higher, how about a little bit more maturity emotionally or, and maybe take that one year off. I like know, you I said. would love that, right? Because they're not ready. And I know. And they've been pushed for so many years. They really have. They've had no free time. They've had so much structure. And we know what happens to people when we do that to them. I mean, it's- We're it's, reading about it now. It's You tough. hear all the stories. Right, exactly. So what is the harm to taking a year off? I mean, even go do something community service oriented. Um, there's so many things you could do with your time so that when you go into college, you want to learn. Do you know what I mean? Now I look at- I wish I can go to college right now. We're just talking about that. No, really, <laughs> honestly, or think about this. College is an opportunity to learn a language. You have four years. Oh my goodness. I could have gone and learned Spanish. Right. That's amazing. But when you were entering college, did you look at the opportunities of that? No, it wasn't, right? It was It was different because of the rigor that never stopped. Yeah. Exactly. So as we close, what would you give the one advice to a student listening today? Hmm. Um, okay, so for t- choosing test prep or? Just in general, high level, well you see it all. Yeah, so don't over test and don't get discouraged. You know, um, seniors honestly kick out the best scores that I've ever seen. And 
Because they don't care at that time. Yeah, they're just... they're, they're, they're like mildly jaded. <laughs> that, that mild, it, it's it's kind of the best thing for having them go in calmly and getting the job done. And of course, they have the experience. Um, but, you know, don't overtest in your junior year and don't go into it with the do or die. I have to get this done in one test. Parents too. I have parents come to me and say, we need to just take one test and be done with it. And I will tell them that is really unusual that kind of thinking will make the whole process more difficult and will make achieving your goal more difficult so you just heard it she's telling students and i'm going to reiterate that because yeah. you're probably telling parents too yeah don't over test right do not over test don't overthink it at the end of the day you will be fine <laughs> you will be fine right. laura how do my audience and followers get a hold of you Oh, sure. So the website is laurademcotutoring.com and on it, um, tons of information, contact, location. We do online tutoring. I have a few tutors, one, two, three, four, five other tutors who work for us. So there you have it, laurademcotutoring.com. Laura, it's been great having you. If I haven't thanked you enough because you helped obviously Sophia and she's now at UW having the time of her life and Julia has gone through all the test prepping with you and she's about to head off to college. But I want to personally thank you for everything you've done. I think you're great. And that's why I wanted you on as my guest as well. You are most welcome. And it really was my pleasure. Your girls are amazing and job well done to you and your wife. You do have one more coming. (laughs) That's Joshua. Yes, good. I'm excited. (laughs) Bonger News is our sponsorship and hopefully we get more followers and listeners after this podcast. Laura Demko, you've been great and love to have you in the future. You've been great information helping parents and students. Listen to the student manager. Bonger News out.